welcome to the Generosity Week podcast from the Church of England. Each day this week, Busala Soda Yende will be using the Bible to help us develop a faith currency which we can draw on in times of difficulty, financial and otherwise. Busola works with youth and young adults and is an elected member of the Church of England's General Synod. Welcome. We're now on session five of the six-part series on how our faith is a dominant currency to pleasing God. We're discussing how this faith is critical in sustaining us, especially when we experience challenging economic uncertainty. We will discuss how our financial giving, our tithes and offering to God, are our acts of worship that honor God. Earlier in the series, we focused on the greatest commandments we just taught in Matthew, and primarily focused on the second of the two, the importance of our relationships with our neighbors. In the previous session, we saw how we can make a difference with the little we have. The widow of Zarephath gave Elijah the last of our resources and believed in faith for God to deliver her from her trials. For this session, we will look at the first of the two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Our attitude to God matters. God created man for his enjoyment, our worship of him, and how we prioritize our time and resources can tell a lot if we're honoring him. We know Jesus reinforced this command to us. However, we should note that even before the laws were written and given, our soul was breathed into us by God's spirit. It was created to worship God, and our attitude to God was birthed within us to live a life of devotion and faithfulness to him. Let's read the Bible passage in Genesis 4, 2-7. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions, from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. Abel gave God the first of his produce and also the best because he understood that the abundance he had received was a blessing from God. Abel had no laws commanding him to give. He was excited to present an offering to God. We know that the Lord is the one who determines how bountiful our harvest is. Let's read on to understand how our attitude to giving may hinder God's favor to us. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? Well, if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Cain, on the other hand, brought some of his fruits. The passage does not mention whether it was the worst of its fruits. However, we observe that the Lord detected the attitude to which it was brought and did not look upon him with favor. He said, if he did what was right, will he not have been accepted? God convicted him of his attitude. Thinking about how I have responded when I give, my attitude is evolving, and I must confess that I'm convicted daily by this notion. Occasionally, I ask myself, if I give with a cheerful heart, or do I give from a place of complacency? 
There are two types of attitudes which we should be conscious of when we give financially. One is sacrificial and the other can be duty bound. One honors God and the other doesn't. I'd like to move on to the story of Abram and Melchizedek in Genesis 14. Abram was his name before God later renamed him Abraham. Abram had fought in a war and it was the first war recorded in the Bible to rescue his nephew Lot who was taken captive. The Lord gave Abram victory in battle and he rescued Lot and recovered all. On his return, he met two kings, one of which was Melchizedek. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God most high and he blessed Abram saying, blessed be Abram by God most high, creator of heaven and earth and praise be to God most high who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. Abraham was perceptive. He understood that Melchizedek was not only a king, but also a priest of God Most High. Some theologians have described Melchizedek as a foreshadowing type of Jesus. In this passage, we see that as a high priest, he first blesses Abraham as showing goodwill and generosity. There is a pattern in the character of God. He always moves first. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 19, that we love because he first loved us. The victory in the war was God's blessing, and Abraham responded by giving a tenth of everything. This is the first indication of the Psalms of the offering that we may apply when we decide to give. Abraham, our father of faith, is demonstrating to us how giving to God is essential in worship. We read that he gave a tenth, which gives an idea of where to start too. Sometimes I have given more than a tenth of my income, and at times I have given less. But what stands out more importantly is how my soul responds when given. Is it joyful to give out of abundance or at other times it's from a place of relatively less, especially in a challenging season? When the widow gave her last resources to Elijah, as we discussed in session four, she offered 100% of what she had. Financial giving is a biblical act of our worship of God. And it is our faith in God coupled with the blessings we'd received from him even in financial uncertainty. That is how we honor God and love him. The Bible says in Malachi that God blesses us when we give. You're under a curse, your whole nation, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. The Lord is pronouncing his blessings on our giving and promises to rebuke the devourer. I'll prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your field will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Some will read this verse and feel duty bound saddened that they need to give out of their little resources. And some will receive in faith the blessings of this message, excited to give in anticipation of what's to come. D. 
Did you know that our sensitivity to our attitude about money plays out in one scenario, which is when we apply for a mortgage to buy a home? The bank assesses how much to loan to us based on our income. And the scenario here is to account for all your income into the model. You add your pay, your bonus, your shares, and even assets to produce the highest gross income. The reverse is often the case with tithes and offering. Some say it's on a net income basis and deduct every expense to give from what is left over. Is this attitude like the Cain and Abel story on how they gave? God says you are robbing him if you give from a place of the lowest denominator. I want to encourage you to pray each time before you give, to allow your soul to respond as God would find pleasing. Our faith and obedience are currency to what pleases and honors God. In exchange, we expect God to meet our needs and look after us. That's it for today's session. We are approaching the end of the series, and in our final session, we'll take a look at how Paul depended on God to meet his needs. He worked hard to pay his way and also received generously from others. See you for our final session. Thanks for listening to the Generosity Week podcast. We hope you found it thought-provoking and that you'll come back again tomorrow for our next reflection.